0: Hey everybody welcome to what's up with pastor chuck and on this week's podcast uh we have a very special guest that i cannot wait for you to hear from as a matter of fact i gotta tell you this uh, when um different people in our church have heard uh that i were gonna have him here i mean they lit up they got so excited they're like oh i'm gonna tell all my friends so By the way, you might want to tell all your friends, but it just caused this incredible buzz, and I cannot wait for you to know why the buzz is there, why the excitement's there, and by the way, that right there was a little play on words, because I have Kyle Mann with me from Babylon B. (laughs) Get it, buzz, buzz. Okay, I'm the only one. I'm the only one right now, but Kyle, welcome.
1: (laughs) Thanks a lot. Yeah, we we get a lot of buzz puns, you know. (laughs) The Hive, I don't know, like we get all kinds, of Sting, you know, I don't know, anything like that. But we've heard it all, so.
0: Yeah, so but, my you know. joke was not original. <laughs> no,
1: sorry, man. No,
0: no, no, that's fine. I hear a and, lot of jokes. And so, cool, so. cool. So Kyle <laughs> is the editor-in-chief of Babylon Bee, which is, uh, tell everybody what Babylon Bee is.
1: Yeah, so Babylon Bee is a Christian news satire site. So what we do is we kind of take the headlines of the day and we report on them but we also make up the news in a lot of ways. A lot of people tell me, you know, they get their news from the Babylon Bee because it's a a good way to kind of consume the news uh, in a humorous way. So we cover the news of the day, um, current events, pop culture, general, everyday life, um, husbands and wives, families, all kinds of stuff like that, Uh, church culture, theology. So we have all kinds of different areas that we cover but we just write headlines that are satirical, so it's a typical headline that might read like a regular news story, but then we just put a twist into it to you know, introduce some some humor. And <laughs> hopefully that's a fun way that to, uh, for people to kind of see what's going on, and, but not get too freaked out about it either, because we're joking around about it. So it's similar to the Wittenberg door used to do, but on a, on a much faster uh, scale and, uh, and pace. And uh, The Onion, if you're familiar with The Onion, mm-hmm. but in a more Christian conservative bent.
0: Yeah, when I was uh, uh, first starting out in ministry, the Wittenberg door was huge. I mean, we could not wait for it to come out. And I do, I think you guys have a lot of that same appeal. Uh, like in my feed, when all of a sudden one of your headlines pops up, I get notified right away, and it's like, oh, I can jump there, and it's fun.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, in fact, I lived just a, a block or two away from where the Wittenberg door used to be published down in El Cajon uh, a few years ago. And so that was an interesting connection to be like, wow, you know, we both of these sites kind of born in the same areas in a lot of ways. So,
0: yeah, you know, what's so funny. Um, I am going to apply scripture to what you guys do. Uh, in Proverbs seventeen twenty two, it says a cheerful heart is good medicine. And I feel like in a world that we live in today, you guys are bringing good medicine. You're bringing a lot of fun.
1: Well, that's the hope. You know, we get a lot of email from people who just can't consume the news without freaking out about it, you know? And, uh, I mean, my wife even. My wife hates following politics. She she gets off Facebook and off Twitter and all that because it's too it's too much. You know, everybody freaks out about everything, and you know, with the twenty four seven news cycle, it's just like, I mean, everything is a crisis and everything is this world ending. You know, just disaster. No matter what, no matter how bad it really is. And so, like my wife, she's like. I don't want to know what's going on in the world, you know, but if she sees a Babylon B headline, she doesn't think I'm that funny, but, at the, <laughs> but maybe someone else wrote the headline, I don't know. But, you know, she, if she sees a Babylon B headline, she would be like, oh, I guess something's going on with Joe Biden or whatever, but she can laugh about it and not have to worry too much. So,
0: Yeah, um, I don't want to get too far off, but uh, sure. part of what I do is counseling. And, and a lot of people I meet with are really struggling extra now, more now because of all the bad news that's coming, all the divisiveness that's in it, all the attacking going on, and uh, the stress level has been hard. Uh, but I do think what's cool is when you can get them to laugh, uh, you can get them to at least, you know, relax, maybe. I think your, your uh, sight could get people to relax. Um, then it I really is good medicine for them.
1: Yeah, there's something about humor that helps you to see that, okay, we're going to be okay. You know, if we can laugh about this, then you're not going to fear it so much. Um, so that's something cool. Another thing that it does is it communicates truth. You know, it's something that can, it's a vehicle for, you know, delivering a message. Um, GK Chesterton once said that, uh, humor can get in under the door while seriousness is still fumbling at the handle. And that's kind of how we see it. You know, that like if you can read so many blog posts and news stories about so many different things and it just starts to be this, you start to get numb to it after a while, but humor kind of can cut through all that.
0: You know, I, I, I love that. I think that is so, so true. So um, before we dive into the site, I want to hear some about you. Uh, you already told me ahead of time that uh, you are a believer. You love the Lord. You even said the site is a Christian site. Um, tell us about your background.
1: Yeah, for sure. No, I grew up in, in the church, kind of a, a Southern California megachurch-style atmosphere. So uh, that's where I heard the gospel. That's where I got baptized. Um, off in college, I went to the master's college. I think it's the master's university now. Um, and then I, got, I, I did a lot of Bible and missions classes, and then after that, I got a job in the construction industry, so that's about how useful the, <laughs> the Bible <laughs> degree was for me, but, or the Bible classes were for me. But um, yeah, I did, I did construction for about 10 years, but on the side, just bivocationally, I ended up serving in the church uh, down in San Diego. I, I helped to co-pastor a small church for about four years I was there, um, and so I did that and uh, kind of right along the same time with that, the Babylon Bee launched, and that's um, and so I was kind of like helping to pastor a small church. I was in uh, by vocational ministry, doing a, a secular job, you know, 50, 60 hours a week, and it was just this great outlet for me to start writing, just writing stuff. That I mean, we all, you know, if you grew up in the church, you you have a bunch of baggage and stuff to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You know, especially kind of 90s mega church culture. So. Um, So, yeah, that's that's kind of where I got where I am today in terms of uh, my spiritual walk and all that. And uh, and I, I, you know, I've kind of run the gamut of various different sizes of churches and denominations and all that. And so it was kind of fun when we started writing the Babylon Bee because we weren't really we were almost writing the articles like just kind of self-therapy, you know, Uh (laughs) we write articles making fun of fog machines and laser lights and all that because, you know, it was like it was just therapeutic for us. But then they started to go viral because other people felt the same way. But we didn't, you know, we didn't plan that. We didn't think it was going to be these huge hits. Like It was just something we were writing for ourselves.
0: <laughs> okay, I love that. So. By the way, I do want a big shout out because Kyle was actually baptized by a really good friend of mine, Chris Brown, yeah, who's in North also. Coast right now. And uh, that, what a cool connection that yeah. is.
1: Yeah, isn't that, isn't that interesting, huh? Yeah. It's like God is sovereign or something, almost. Like, you know. <laughs>
0: yeah, almost. He's almost sovereign. Almost, yeah. I don't,
1: right. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's
0: good. Okay, so um, I, I why is it called Babylon Beat?
1: So the, the founder, you know, there, there's a couple different layers there. Like on one layer, it's just a really cool-sounding name. Okay. <laughs> and originally the founder, Adam Ford, who launched the site out of Michigan, and I got involved on day one, but... Uh, when he was founding the site, he just, he read um, he read about the onion, Un- you know, he loved the onion, he followed the onion, and he read some onion headline, and I always forget which one it was, um, but there was some onion headline that was making a point about one of these big Supreme Court cases or some other, you know, giant cultural war issue, and it was making the point from a liberal, secular, atheist point of view, and he, and I remember Adam said that he read that headline, and he goes, this is such a clever way of putting this that I wish I believed what they believe. You know, like it was almost like that's so cool that I, I want to hear their point of view because it's just so clever. He's like, unfortunately, I disagree completely with the point that they're making, <laughs> but it's really clever. And he's like, why is nobody doing this from the from a Christian perspective? Or at least, you know, you know, from a Christian perspective, or when we when we comment on political events, at least from a position that isn't like completely anti-God, you know. And um, so the Babylon B name kind of came about. He was, he was toying around with other names that were much more generic, stuff like, you know, Christian News, Daily.com, you know, stuff like that that was just very, it sounded like every other site. And it was kind of a stroke of genius that it turned out to be Babylon B which just sounds kind of, it's got kind of a mystique about it. It's not like, is it Christian? Is it, where's it coming from? And it doesn't really like put it right out there. So, um, but yeah, Babylon just kind of being like, we feel like we're in, in exile in Babylon. And so these are, these are dispatches from Babylon. And B is nice because it's uh it sounds the same. It's like Sacramento B or whatever, and it's uh it's got a stinger. You know bees have a stinger, right? So there's your there's another B pun for you. (laughs) Okay, yeah, I didn't even think about the stinger, but there (laughs) are that moment, yeah, where that happens.
0: Um, I feel like as I've looked at the site, you guys are equal opportunity at making fun. Uh, So is that a part of uh you know the underlying philosophy you guys have?
1: Well, yes and no. I mean, I think, I think on the on on the one level, you don't. You don't when you're writing comedy, you don't want to um, you don't want to make balance your number one goal and your overriding priority because then you're just going to be very generic and you're not going to have a unique voice and style. So if we said like for every every article we make fun of Democrats, we have to make fun of Republicans, then you're not going to have a unique voice. You're not going to be able to look at a particular situation and say, all right, which party is being the bigger idiots here? You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And also there there's this there's this element where Satire doesn't really take a position per se. Like satire doesn't say this is what I believe. Satire, the whole point of satire is to deconstruct something. So whoever's being a a bigger idiot at the moment is (laughs) is the target, or the bigger hypocrite, or you know, there's irony there that you can make fun of. Then that's something that that we want to be able to do. But I do think it's important also to satirize your own beliefs or your own traditions um, in some way. It's just the tone is going to be a little bit different. You know, When we make fun of church issues, we're not making fun of the very concept of God or we're not making fun of the Bible itself. But we might make fun of the way that we as Christians fail to live up to what we believe. Or we might make fun of Christian perceptions about God, um, misperceptions about God. We might use Bible stories to... Make a modern-day political point, or like uh, to tie in different references that other sites might not be able to do because they don't have that that background and knowledge. So, so yes, balance and that nothing's off limits per se, but also like we do have to have a unique voice and style. Uh, furthermore, I mean, it's I'm sorry if I'm rambling too much. No, you no, can I like it. Off. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but another another point to be had is that one of the reasons that we got so big um, so fast was because. Um, you know ninety five percent of comedy outlets were controlled by the left and they weren't making fun of themselves and they weren't making fun of the left at least not at least not with the same brutality and shit and savageness that they'll make fun of the right so if we had just come on the scene and been like, "Oh, let's just make a bunch of Trump jokes, or let's make a let's make fun of uh, Christians," it's like, well, everybody's doing that already, so it's not interesting, you know. <laughs> so we did obviously make fun of like church tradition and, and, and Christians, but it was in a very different tone and style. It was clearly the people that are writing the Babylon Bee know about church culture. They're writing this more loving satire of it versus you watch a Netflix show and they make fun of the Christian. The Christian's always the idiot. And (laughs) it's quite obvious whoever wrote the Netflix show has never been to church in their lives and doesn't know the references or how to actually make fun of it in a way that makes sense, so.
0: Yeah, I think that's one of the things we do see is because I do think there's funny things about us. I think we need to be able to laugh at ourselves at times, but I think a lot of the media we see have no clue about what we do, why we do it, what we believe in. And, um, yeah, I think that'd be very true. What are some of the challenges you face, though, as you get ready to write? Do you just write freely, or is there kind of a check and balance in your mind sometimes?
1: Um, yeah, just create. You know, if you're speaking creatively in terms of challenges, it's, there's so many different considerations when you write a good headline or you write a good story. Like, um, we, have a, we have different writers who will pitch us ideas and, and um, jokes, and we have kind of a running... Uh, group chat where people will pitch ideas um and from the writer's perspective i want them to be able to um i want them to be able to pitch kind of whatever idea they want and be as creative as you want it, i mean it, it's a safe space oh, <laughs> in God. some ways right like make whatever joke you want in here and then as the editorial process we have to go okay well what but what do we actually want to put out there for the world to see so there's like there's, there's a lot of considerations there, you know? Like, can this joke be misunderstood and misinterpreted? You know, even if it's a good joke, or no, that's not what we were trying to say. Yeah, but people are gonna read it that way. Um, you know, obviously, just originality. In the age of Twitter, it's like, as soon as something happens, there's 800 billion jokes about it already, that, already out there. You know, so you have to find something that's like unique, matches your brand, matches your voice, matches your style. And it's and it's new like we don't just like republish you know a funny Twitter joke or like you know take take the joke that everybody's telling and retell it in our own way like you want and in a lot of ways comedy you, you, you want you want it to be this third voice right because in every, in every issue that comes out there's like one opinion from the left one opinion from the right and they're just battling and comedy in a lot of ways has to come in with this kind of third angle that nobody saw coming and that's the way that you're really going to be able to cut through the noise in the conversation so I mean, and traditionally Christians have, have struggled a lot with art and comedy because I think we see, we see art as, especially Protestants, you know, we, I say that as a Protestant, <laughs> but <laughs> we see art as, as a vehicle to get people saved. Like, and we don't see art as a worthy pursuit or end in itself like just to make something beautiful or make something funny or make something good and true it's we want to make something so that you get to the end scene in the movie where the atheist gets hit by the car and accepts jesus you know or whatever as he's dying in the street like that's what um (laughs) not to get too specific but that's you know (laughs) that's kind of what um that's kind of what we've seen it as so the creative challenge is how do you write something that yeah maybe you want to maybe you're really passionate about the point you want to tell but you can't be as passionate about that as you, as you have to be about the actual comedy. Like, it has to be funny first. And if it's not funny first, people are going to start to see that, like, oh, they're just bitter. Like, they're just trying to, like, they're angry, and they're just trying to tell this point. So uh, I guess that's just a few of the challenges creatively that you face every day. And it, I mean, it, and it is. I mean, we write eight, ar- eight articles a day every day, five days a week, and then a few on the weekends. So, it's a lot, I mean, it's a lot of churning content through and trying to find something good. In comedy, you write a lot of waste, too. Like, we write, we probably pitch 100 headlines for every two or three that we publish, so it's a lot. I mean, it's, you, you know, and anybody who's written comedy, whether for TV or movies or, or you know, written co- comedy or whatever, knows that. Like, you're, you're, you're going through a lot trying to land on, on something that works.
0: Yeah, you know what's so interesting, not that I doubted it, but there's just a lot of uh, what I call layers underneath each thing you're doing then. Um, because there's you, you, you know you're well-read. You know there's a lot of philosophy though to what you do that you don't want to veer from, so that you keep your brand your brand. Uh, you know there's a purpose to it. You know there's a, a lot a level of checks and balances. Um, it, it just sounds to me like. You know, people sometimes think when you go to comedy, you do, you just throw out a joke and it works. Or <laughs> yeah. no, you guys like work and work and there's a lot of work underneath.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, and that's true of any field, like at any field you, you look at an artist, you're like, how are they so good? Well, it's because they've they've been drawing since they were two and they kept practicing and right and drawing terrible renditions of horses and stick figures until they, you know, and they kept practicing. On it. And that's that's definitely true of comedy is that is that you're going to keep working at it and practicing at it. I mean, and once in a while, yeah, a joke just hits you like a lightning bolt, and you're like, this is gold, you know, and, and this is going to be perfect. But I think because we've been doing it for so long, too, like, I've already got those filters in my head where I just, I, you know, I, I get, I read hundreds of headlines, and I'm just like, nope, 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 not that one, not that one, you know, and I, I don't even articulate why. And, <laughs> and my writers kind of hate me in a lot of ways, because I, um, I don't, I never respond to anything. So if they pitch me an idea and I don't like it, I just ignore it completely. Um <laughs> Until I like one, and then it's like that that's the one, you know, so because uh, I guess that just it's too much time for me to and I almost I almost can't even articulate why a joke won't work. and you know a lot of comedy it's in a lot of ways you can't articulate why that one works versus that one, and it, as soon as you start to break it down and explain it, it it's not funny anymore so
0: you, it, <laughs> it seems to me that one of the hardest parts of what you guys do in comedy though is it's written. so you don't have facial expression, you don't yeah. have the tone of voice, you know you, you've got to really be able to nail those written words that to me seems harder
1: yeah i mean i mean there's unique challenges with stand-up comedy versus written comedy but i i enjoy written comedy because i am more of like a uh, you know i like to just hide in my garage and write and not have anybody see me you know <laughs> like that's that's more my style uh more introverted or whatever you want to call it but um i uh, it is a completely unique you're, you're right but i do love that about it because it is this interesting art form where you I think Stephen King says that writing is like um, writing is the closest thing to like um, magic or being um, what what is it called like like being psychic, because like you're sitting in one room and you're writing something and with nothing else other than a paper, you you're picturing something and making someone else picture it in their head hundreds of years later or tens of years you know decades later when they read it like you've gone gone across time and space and they're picturing the same thing that you're picturing in your head with nothing but a piece of paper and a pen or whatever, and and I love that that like there's this art form of this word and not that word will make this headline work, you know, or make this joke work. <laughs> and it's so cool to be able to do that and like, yeah, not having no, we don't really have any personalities or you know we have a podcast, but it's like very you know it's more behind the scenes for the fans, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's just like not even people knowing our personalities or who we are. And we're just like the secret Willy Wonka's chocolate factory of of humor. (laughs) And that makes it I think that but I think that makes the comedy work in a lot of ways. You know, people identify with the brand and they these people kind of think what I think, you know, and it just becomes being able to uh, throw things out there with just the written word. And that's a lot of fun to me.
0: Well, uh, I actually have two quick questions, not too quick, but two questions that hit me. Let me give you the first one. Uh, in this day of what we call the cancel culture, um, and I, you and I already talked about this a little bit, but I'd love to have people hear your take on it. Um, what challenges make it harder or more difficult to be have comedy in the midst of that?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, comedy is the antithesis of cancel culture because the whole thing with comedy is like, you know, we talk about the line in comedy where you don't, you don't want to go too far over the line. You want to kind of be edgy without being offensive or, you know, whatever. And we have to be... Uh, particularly concerned about that being a Christian site, you know, we obviously have other lines that we can't go across and all that, but um, but that being said, the, the comedian is the guy who has to kind of be that character that says the thing nobody else wants, everybody else is thinking, but can't say for fear of, you know, reprisal or whatever, or doesn't want to say, yeah, I don't want to be that guy and go out and say it. I mean, a lot, of, you know, a lot of the success of the Babylon Bee is because we were writing these things. Uh, we launched during the 2016 election, and you know, we were writing things that were critical of Trump. We were writing things that were critical of, of uh, Hillary Clinton. You know, we were just kind of mocking everything in the whole show, and I think a lot of Christians, like, there was this weird political divide, and still is. You know, everybody's getting pulled in different directions politically, and there's this whole realignment happening. And so for us to be able to say something that people were like, well, I don't want to say that on my Facebook feed, but they'll share an article that's funny and that's making fun of it, you know, so... Uh, getting back to the cancel culture thing, I think, I think that's that's why comedians become some of the early targets for that kind of stuff. Is because they're they are they're the court jester, you know, that's sitting there making fun of the king, and uh, you know, <laughs> so the people who are controlling the, all the cultural institutions, they hate the people on the fringes that are standing there and mocking it and saying the emperor has no clothes. I mean, that's uh, they're the first ones to get executed <laughs> you know, in a lot of ways. <laughs> So we've been relatively fortunate ourselves in terms of cancel culture. You know, we can discuss some of, the, some of the censorship issues and stuff, but um, we've been relatively fortunate just in that we haven't had too many issues of individual people like getting fired or you know, removed from their other jobs. But we know a lot of people in the space that do have those problems. And it, it's a big, I mean, it's a big deal right now.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, and I think part of what you already said too, the divisiveness, you know, so when you're, you know, the, the elections and the politics and everything, Um, Have created this divide, you know, where, um, you know, people are so polarized. uh, It's just, well, it's sad to me. But uh, the other one I wonder how often do you hear of people who think what you're writing's true? In other (laughs) words, uh, I gotta be honest, my wife not too long ago had someone send one of the articles to her going, Did you know? And she thought it was real. Like she didn't even think it could be a joke.
1: Yeah, it happens all the time, and it's, it's, it's the most bizarre articles, too, the ones you wouldn't think anybody would think would ever be true. We got fact-checked by USA Today for, we wrote an article saying that the Ninth Circuit tried to overturn Ruth Bader Ginsburg's death, <laughs> and, uh, or actually did overturn her death, and USA Today wrote this long fact-check about it, how it was not true. And it was really funny, because the USA Today article, they're saying, like, the lady who wrote the article says she called the Ninth Circuit court to like ask them, did you guys, uh, did you guys actually overturn Ruth Bader Ginsburg's death? You know, <laughs> so it happens all the time. Like we've been fact checked dozens and dozens of times, and yeah, again, it's the most bizarre ones. I think one of the earliest ones we did was um, that we got fact checked with Stephen Furtick. Uh, we said uh, Elevation Church, you know, we said they had a um, uh, water slide baptismal, and <laughs> we didn't really know how to use Photoshop very well, so the picture is very like it's it's pretty bad. You know, we just. <laughs> copied this this swirly water slide onto the church stage and the church is like issuing a statement you know oh we don't um, we don't actually have a water slide stop calling about it you know like all that stuff. so it happens you know and i think it's a i think it's an indictment both on how crazy our culture is right now that some of that stuff's believable you know if, if the target of your satire is that insane that like people actually thought it was real that it might be actually happening then there's something to be said there and also it's just a It's a natural kind of upshot of the way that people consume information now. It's online, you know, and it must be true. (laughs) It's on my Facebook feed.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, no, I think that's the danger, you know, to me. uh, How many people go, well, you know, I read this, and you're like, but where did you read it? (laughs) You know, what (laughs) is your source, you know? And uh, and so we live in a time like that. But you know what I really love is that, you know, the way you guys are able to bring some fun, some humor, some things like that, uh, you know, out of it. Um, so what are some of your favorite recent headlines you guys have done?
1: Oh man, recently we, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's been a crazy time. We, we had, uh, the news cycle has been so fast, you know, we hit, it's like Afghanistan happened and then it's, it feels like nobody's even talking about it anymore. And that's the bizarre thing about writing art stuff is like, if I threw out a joke about Afghanistan right now, nobody would share it. Cause they're like, oh, what are you talking about? That's done. You know, that's, over. Yeah. <laughs> it's, oh, that's yeah. how, that's how fast it is. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I, I, I think we just did a couple of for me, my favorite stuff to do—we do a lot of the political humor because it, it just gets shared like crazy. You know, that's what people like—is—is is to be able to do that. My favorite stuff is more of the general, really niche Christian humor that I—I like, I still like to write all the time. We did a couple of lists of uh, telling people how to uh, how to woo a godly Christian girl and how to how to woo a godly Christian guy. You know, and and those, and it's funny because those still like—they don't get shared as much and they don't go viral like you don't see them as much, but they still just people people click on those and they read them and our commenters go on there and just love it because i think there's there's something fun about being able to make fun of ourselves too. oh yeah 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 no i agree
0: with that yeah that's really fun but yeah i think you
1: mentioned earlier we did the one about the the wife who claims that um that she spent the, the 3.5 trillion dollars she spent at target actually cost zero dollars you Yeah, know, that was a fun one yeah oh yeah that no that's yeah. hilarious yeah <laughs>
0: and i have to say the biden warns uh are not biden there it is. Biden says we can afford three point five trillion because China just gave him a cool new visa card. Yeah. <laughs> that, oh, with the low, low
1: interest rate, low introductory rates. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Which I just thought was so good. <laughs> and then, of course, then you have another Trump joke. And uh, so there really is a balance here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the um, interesting thing is, I know right now you, you guys are very and not right now, but always you're really on what's happening in the news. Um, so you even R. Kelly's on here. Some other things are on here. So how much reading do you have to do ahead of time to get to this? Well,
1: not as much as you would think, like <laughs> the, all we really need to do to tell a good joke is like, uh, know what's happening, what people are talking about. Like, and that's the main thing. Like, what are people talking about online right now that might, that might uh, be a good vehicle for us to get some humor out there. Um, so, yeah, you don't really have to have, like, a ton of details about a particular story, and I think that can kind of hurt it, too, because if you start to if you start to get a ton of details about something, you start to get way into the weeds, and then you're not really focused on this big picture of, okay, well, what, what is the salient point that everybody's making about this, that we can either take that point and put it in a humorous form, or we can come out with a third angle, you know, for that kind of thing. So, and I, I mean, I hate, I hate reading the news and following the news. I wouldn't do it if I didn't have to.
0: Oh, okay, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's fun. Yeah, I did spot the one you just said now, 10 Ways to Attract a Godly Christian Man. And then it says, for the ladies only. Guys, please do not click.
1: <laughs> I had that idea for a long time that I wanted to put a warning and a headline. Like, this is only for ladies. Please don't click on this guy's honor system. Like, don't click on that." And, and it's funny because that got a lot more clicks than the other article because we told people not to click on it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, James Dobson years ago wrote a book called uh, what, um, Hus- what Wives Wish Their Husbands Knew About Women. And it was sold, it sold by more to women than to men. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so right. yeah. yeah, that's really true. And then you have X Men solve gender name controversy by kicking out all women. I, I thought oh, that's a good one.
1: Well, that's a great. oh, well, that's a great example right there because the the, the joke everybody was telling when X, the X Men writer came out and said that they were going to take change the name from X Men because it was too exclusive, and uh, you know the joke everybody's telling is well X person or X you know they or X. So how do you, in that environment, when everybody's already making those memes and jokes, come in with this different angle? So one of our great writers, Frank, came up with this idea that, well, they'll just kick out all the women, and now it's fine, because it's just X-Men. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, so it's really, really cool. And they
1: also kicked out Cyclops, because nobody likes Cyclops.
0: (laughs) 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 That's too true, too true. Well, you know what? I really, really am excited about your site. I'm excited about the fact lots of people are reading... And uh, I know you guys have just got to be feeling. I, I don't you feel really good about the way it keeps growing?
1: Yeah, it's great. I mean, we we you know, we've always had our uh, had our challenges with social media networks and Facebook and Twitter and all that, but um, we're always finding new ways to like just do new things. You know, our video, our YouTube channel with our videos has just been an extremely um, explosive growth for us. Um, that's just been a, a great way to kind of find new ways to get content out to people. Um, the, the popularity of the site just keeps growing in terms of followers and, and on all the different social networks. And that's just, it's just awesome. <laughs> like we'll write it as long as, as long as the Lord blesses it, you know, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. So.
0: <laughs> okay. And I love that. I love that. So just in case somebody doesn't know how to find you guys, they can go on the web to where?
1: Yeah, BabylonBee.com, directly to our website, is the best way that, uh, you know, we publish those eight fresh, piping hot articles every morning right to uh, BabylonBee.com. Um, you can also follow us on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all the different sites. We're even on TikTok. I don't even really know what oh. TikTok is, but we're on there. You're so, on TikTok. Yeah.
0: Okay, that's cool. That we hired really a
1: Gen Z girl to run that. here hey, just do stuff on there. We don't even know what it is. But uh, <laughs> we got that. We also have a paid subscriptions where people can support us directly at Babylon, babylonb.com/plans. That was one way that we kind of got around a lot of the suppression that we were facing on social media. We just people just support us directly on a monthly basis or whatever and that's been that's been awesome. The support has been incredible.
0: Okay, no that I, that is really really cool. And that way people can make sure, you know, it keeps going and we don't hit kind of a weird yeah. censorship moment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Kyle, thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you. This has been awesome. Thanks for the delicious Dunkin' coffee. This podcast brought to you by Dunkin'. Uh, yeah, now the
0: people at Crossroads are going to believe that's true because <laughs> the, there's a rumor out that I have sponsorship from Dunkin'. Oh, uh, well, there it is. And uh, so I think that's kind of fun. I'm, people believe it. But anyway, uh, hey, thanks uh, for tuning in today, and make sure and check out Babylon B. Have fun with it. Pass the word on. Don't just read it on your own. Make sure other people know about it. And uh, you know, it's it's good that we get to have fun. And in a world today where there's so much that's not fun. And uh, the one thing that I hope you never do is lose your joy, lose your ability to laugh. I can't remember who said it, but somebody pretty famous said, the first sign of death is the inability to laugh. And I think that's too true. I think it's too true. So hey, we'll join you guys later uh, again with another podcast. And don't forget our Wednesday services and our Sunday services. God bless you guys and take care.